Welcome to Man Pepper, a fantasy baseball podcast where two regular guys, regular dads, Red Sox fans talk about their fantasy baseball league. No saber metrics and no rankings talk here. Straight baseball banter with your hosts, Jake and Chris. What's up? What is up, my dudes? What is up, Jake? Excited to do this, man. We've been talking about it for a while. You said it right in the intro, man. No sabermetrics, no rankings. We're just here. We're talking fantasy baseball. We're talking other stuff. We're excited. Let's get Let's into it. Let's do it. Episode one, the inaugural podcast. We got to give everyone a little flavor of what the heck we're going to be talking about. So we're going to be talking baseball. We're both big baseball fans, played baseball, been doing fantasy, I believe, for 11 years. We'll get into that a little bit more. Uh, but we're going to be, you know, making fun of each other, talking about the league talking about actual baseball players all that all that is all that is true we're gonna do all those things probably some things that we haven't really talked about yet but yes that's exactly what's gonna happen all right chris so we got to give a little context to what the hell man pepper the title of our podcast is all about and i can remember back in i think it was fall ball or early spring one of our many coaches not head coach one of our many assistant coaches we had over time naki and you remember his full name. I think you can enlighten everyone here in a sec. Took us out to the outfield and just demolished us with the game of man pepper. Yeah, uh, took just the infielders out, Jake. So Anaki Ormachea, one of our assistant coaches, I think it was our sophomore year, um, for, for an infield drill, he brought us out to the outfield. We really had no idea what was going on. And he stood, I don't know, 70, 80 feet away and was just hitting absolute lasers at us with a fungo. With the direction of, you know, catch this if you can, but if you can't, you need to stop it. Use your body, do whatever you have to do to keep this ball in front. And uh, it was honestly terrifying, like at the beginning. I mean, the outfield was uneven. It's not like fielding a baseball on the infield. And I think you know the next part of the story, right? After we weren't weren't performing up to his standards. (laughs) Yeah, we weren't performing up to his standards. And I remember specifically, this was like sophomore year, right? Sophomore year, Naki was there. And... uh, you know, I'm looking at you, I'm looking at Mike, I'm looking at some of the other infielders, and we're thinking, what the fuck is going on? And he throws his bat down, all pissed off, and he's just like, either me or you, someone, like, Jake, Chris, come hit the fucking fungos, let's go. <laughs> and he started to take fungos with no glove off his chest. <laughs> I was swinging as hard as I could. We were hitting the ball 100 miles an hour of this thing, and he would not... He was his glove and he was taking thumps off of his chest and screaming at us that this is man pepper and this is what you do. Dude, one just one hops off of the chest. Like I've never seen anything like it. And honestly, I don't think that affected my performance because he then he picks the fungo back up and starts hitting rockets back at us. I wasn't doing that. I think Amberry might have taken one off the chest just to do it. I think he took one and got home and had a bruised sternum. So that's where man pepper comes from. Just unbelievable. And we'll have a lot more stories with some of our assistant coaches going forward. But um, yeah, it was, it was just another day in the life of seeing a baseball back in the day, Jake, just, you never knew what was going to happen. And that, yeah, that, but that was just probably the most outrageous drill we were ever put, put through. Uh, so I think it's an appropriate title for the pod. It's great. It's great. It's unique. Let's talk a little bit about overall. This is the 11th year. I'm pretty sure I looked earlier. I think we had, I think, I think we had a few with other college friends. Like when we first started college, we went to college in 2004, graduated in 08. 
there were some iterations of that, but this league started League Rossi, which is an homage to our old coach at Siena College, where we both went, uh, right after graduation, basically, as a way to, you know, honestly stay in touch with all of our former teammates, former friends. And yeah, this is, I think, the 11th year of that league. Yeah. And I mean, when we first started it, you know, to stay together and like have a reason to get together. And, you know, we've done live drafts with pen and paper, which is unbelievable in Cooperstown. Uh, we did it. We did a, um, we did it actually up at your family's place in the Catskills. We've done it at the casinos, man. We've done it. We've done some fun places. So we've done it at your house in Charlotte. We did it at my uh, house. I we all, about that. We all flew down there. Like 10 guys flew down from all over the country to Charlotte. Uh, but you're right. The earlier drafts, literally no internet. So we had like one or two people that couldn't they took, attend. We were they took to, like, like eight hours. Mo- <laughs> trying to like Morse code them in, in terms of what their picks were. So that was a complete shit show. But you know, since COVID we've been remote, hopefully we're going to get back together soon. Um, but it's been great. The drafts always one of the best days of the year, especially for the fantasy baseball year. And uh, ours is coming up a week from today. Yep. Week from today. So what's important about today is we had keeper submissions. So we got to get into a little bit of the context of our league. So generally speaking, we have a standard head-to-head fantasy baseball league. Uh, five offensive categories, five uh, pitching categories. Uh, and you go up against someone in the league, team of 12, every week. And so there's obviously 10 points, 10 categories up for grabs every week. Um, that's the standard, you know, hits, or excuse me, average, RBIs, runs, batting average, and what home runs, home runs, and, yep. and stolen bases. I think I said batting average yep. twice, but that's kind of the context of the league. And from a keeper standpoint, it is kind of a modified keeper dynasty league, if you will. So, I want to give a little little flavor on that? Yeah, everyone could have eight keepers. Um, we started this again way back in 2012, and uh, you can sign guys to one, two, or three-year deals. There's penalties if you drop someone while they're still on contract. But we tried to make it a way where you know you could you could pick up a young guy or a prospect, keep them for a few years at maybe a cheaper price. We should also say we do an auction league um, instead of a snake draft. So every the draft is basically set up where someone nominates a player and then it goes to the highest bidder. So it's an auction, right? So. For example, Mike Trout, when he was back in his heyday, you know, going for $70, $70 out of a $260 budget, if someone like me uh, drafted him when he was a rookie, I was able to have him for $9, so like a $60 discount, right, for a few years. So that's the that's the uh, reason we have the keeper league. Yeah, 25 guys on the roster, a 260, uh, $260 um, max budget, and then minus whatever your keeper keepers are. for. Their, you don't have to keep anybody. Um, right. kind of stupid not to, because you got to at least, you can pick someone up throughout the year as a free agent, right? And they're a $0 cost, except for the contract you want to sign them to. So makes sense to keep them. Anything else with the history of the league? No, we've had like some guys come in and out, right? Like some of maybe our more flighty college friends have uh, paid not as much attention as some or have gotten too busy. Like, you know, we started this thing when we were what, 25 or something like that. We're all mid thirties now most of us with a wife and kids. So, you know, priorities have changed. So we've had like a few, for example, our good friend, Rick, he was in it for a while. He dropped out. Now he's he's back. back. (laughs) So, yeah. So we've had, I think nine of us have been like here for the entire time, but there's been a few substitutions, but kind of the same core guys. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's right. And let's rattle off some of the team names. So if we start with like 
my team name. I'm Acuna Matata. Now, Chris would tell you that I've had uh, lots of names throughout the 11 years, but Acuna Matata right now is my name because I got Acuna for the cheapest you could get, and I've had him for a three-year contract, so that's it. It's a great plan, words, Jake. <laughs> uh, it's also your probably your least controversial name over the years. Uh for a while, you were Donkey Lips. I don't know if you have a uh, a reasoning behind that name choice, but I think that was your name for like a four-year stretch. Dude, it, was from, Any it was from Salute Your Shorts. Remember Donkey Lips? <laughs> I do. I do. Awesome. Yeah, I loved him. Great character. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so I'm the Perseverance Beavers. There was a, a really brief hiatus on that name, but we're back. The reason behind that name is pretty stupid, but when we were at Siena, we had a strength coach, Dan Taylor. Shout out to you, Dan, if you're listening. Charlotte, uh, Charlotte and, and Hornets, strength coach. <laughs> he is now? Yeah, he's here, here in Charlotte. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good for him, man. Good for him. So maybe he is listening. But he had this tattoo that like we never could fully see on his arm. It was just always kind of there. We always were like, what is it? And uh, I think one day I said, it looks like a beaver. And maybe it's for perseverance, and it just kind of turned into a joke. And so that's been my fantasy name since since the beginning. That, yeah, that's one of the long-standing ones. We, uh, I'm gonna rattle through the rest of them right now, and then we'll kind of get into some other stuff. But we have uh, D's nuts, which is an original classic. He's been there. He's been there from the start, holding it strong. Mike. Mike. Uh, Rick, who's was in the league, left for what two or three years. Yep. And now his back is Turtle Power, which is also an homage to uh, our our coach at Siena. Sumple is E Norma Stitz. So uh, couldn't ask me what that. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. It, no idea what that if means. If you say it fast, you kind of get it. You know, right? Oh, there you go. <laughs> never, never did that before. <laughs> Uh, Nick, Knick, as sometimes we call him, uh, John Snow. Apparently he was into, what was the name of that show on, on HBO? Game of Thrones. Yeah. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Cagzilla for Cags. It's pretty much his nickname. He just added the Zilla to it. Yeah. Well, Cags, Cags was, uh, was essentially like the team manager and, uh, came, came into Siena same year as us, lived in the same dorm. Came in as like, you know, the typical scrawny-ish freshman, like, you know, 5'10", 150. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, for whatever reason, show up to morning lifts with us. Like, he didn't have to, I don't think, but he did. And in like a year, he started lifting more than probably all of us combined. <laughs> so he would like walk off the bus before any of the team members and other teams would like be intimidated by us because it was CAGS and we started calling him CAGZilla. And there you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Cags. Yeah, oh, and the other thing with Cags is uh, somehow he always got into a room when we travel. You know, we travel. You have four guys to a room. You got to share like a queen bed. And Cags would always be in my room. And he'd always snore the loudest. And no one would get any sleep because our trainer is snoring. And we'd be like, Cags, are you kidding me? Figure it out. Dude. Jake, I was in your room the whole time too. And I invested in earplugs because of that. Because I, I rarely slept the night before games. <laughs> It was terrible. We got to play a double. We got to play baseball for like eight hours straight and Cags as fresh as can be. And we're all dragging ass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. Let, let's keep going. So who else we got here? We got Joe Pa, Mr. Moberg. Yeah, I'm not going to get into that. He's from State College. I'm yeah. not going to get into the whole history of Penn State with there, but that no. that's his uh, yeah. his tribute to Joe Pa. Yeah. 
we have an interesting so freaking Reekins is the next and uh they've actually nicknamed themselves Coisus. Um yep. It is Moises slash Kyle co-managing a team because Moises can't seem to do it by himself because he's always so busy. Mo's building equipment sheds in his he's building equipment sheds in his backyard. He owns like <laughs> six houses. He's got like two jobs. He's hard to get a hold of. So like I get why he needs a, a co He's literally in like Puerto Rico, like right now. He's like, sorry guys, can't make the draft next so you're gonna be in Puerto Rico. You're like, I didn't even know you went to Puerto Rico, even though you are Puerto Rican. He's just gonna be there during the draft. Whatever. He's just there. He's just there. <laughs> uh, all right, we got two more. Three more? Oh, we got three more. Mean Machine, Mr. Eric. That name. I don't even is that is that I don't even know where that comes from. You know, I think it was a lame attempt at humor back in 2012, and he stuck with it. It's it's up there with worst names in the league, but it's a staple, so we're gonna let it stay. We'll let it stay. Uh, Will is next. He's actually new. Um, I mean, he was our teammate in college, but he's new to the league. What four years, maybe? I think I think he was an original member, dropped off. I could be wrong about this, but yeah, he took the place of Alex May, yep. who's who's getting married this summer. So good for you, Alex. I yep. hope you're listening to this. Um, but yeah, Will's involved. Probably the most knowledgeable about the ins and outs of baseball, as well as every sport out there. So he's always the one with keepers that, frankly, I've never even heard of before in my life. He, he gives me a run for my money. <laughs> but he, but he somehow, you know, he's always he's always at the top half of the league. One of the better managers we've got going. Missing buttons. I think we're gonna. Do, do we want to touch on that store, or do we want to come back? To, I think that might be for a later date. I don't know. Yeah, we're gonna let's save, let's that, save one. that one. That's a good one. And then <laughs> bringing it all together is Mr. Seebeck. Frank the Tank, or also known as swing, the, swing for the Pences in our league, which is obviously a play on words with probably one of the coolest baseball players, Hunter Pence, who just never gave a shit and had probably the ugliest stance, throwing. Everything about him was ugly, but he just played hard and somehow was good. Yeah. You know, if you're teaching your kid how to play, you show him a video of Hunter Pence and say, don't do that, basically. Uh, but Frank loved him. He's a good player and uh, another staple team name. He hasn't changed it. Hunter Pence, I don't think, is still in Major League Baseball. I definitely could be wrong about that. But uh, swing for the Pences. Swing for the Pences. There it is. So that is the league construction. That's 12, as we just went through. I think before we get into some of the keeper lists, because that's in and of itself, some of the keepers I see right now are just unbelievable. Chris, some of your draft strategies. Let's talk about that for a minute. So as we said, it's auction. We have the standard 10 categories across pitching and hitting. How, how do you go after your offensive guys, your pitchers, or just overall? Like, what's what's Mr. Chris's strategy? Yeah, so no secret for me. Uh, everyone knows it's in our league. I'm an offense guy. Very little money on pitching. If I could, uh, if I could do it, I'd prefer to spend the minimum amount on pitching. So only a dollar, maybe maybe a few extra bucks on some closers because I do like to get those saves. Uh, but I'm pretty much spend all your money on offense and hope you can stream the pitchers. Um, to me, like we were talking about it offline, Jake, right? Like yeah. you could spend a lot of money on pitchers. I feel like the injury risk is higher there. So you could spend however much money on DeGrom. He goes down. It doesn't pan out. And we were saying, who won the who won the Cy Young last year? Robbie Ray. He didn't even get drafted in our league. Jake, you picked him up. He's a keeper now. But that's my point. I remember, I think it was like 2015, I picked up Cliff Lee midseason, yep. Cy Young winner, 20-game winner, like for $0. So I'm always trying to grab those guys off the waiver wire. Yep. Yep. And when you when you draft, like, the one thing I've always noticed, you kind of go in, you see a guy and you see Chris, like 
you know, someone will throw in like $5 for, I don't know, let's say Jose Ramirez, like obviously like a top five pick. Someone throws in five, Chris immediately goes like 45. Like, come on, let's get this thing going. This is what I want. Let's, let's, let's come on. Let's get this thing over with. And more than often. So I do do that. Yeah. Yeah. I do do that with people that I want, but I love doing it with people I don't want. <laughs> so early in the earlier rounds of the auction draft, when it's my turn to nominate, I'm always nominating guys that I have no interest in like pitchers or some position player I think people want. And then I start to bid high because I know I'm just going to try to ruin everyone else's budget is my yeah. plan. Like I want people to overbid early. And so at the end, when the guys I really want come up, I've got the money left. Yeah, exactly. Smart play. Cause like, say you got a shortstop that you're hundred percent. It's on your team as a keeper. Your first nomination might be one of the best shortstops out there at some like, Oh dude, Derek Jeter. I used to nominate him all the time. So early. Cause number one, I just like him. him. And I didn't think he was a good fantasy guy, oh. but you know, Mo Moises, who loves the Yankees, he's going to overpay for him. Like, that's the thing about our league. You know who people yep. like. Cags is going to draft Dodgers. Nick's, Nick's going to draft Red, Red Sox. Sox. Mo's going to draft Yankees. It's unbelievable. <laughs> that's it. It's to a T. So my strategy, which couldn't be probably more polar opposite than Chris's. So I shouldn't say polar opposite because I don't go in for pitching. What I mean by opposite is I'm all about even Steven sort of contributors. I like guys who are going to put up respectable batting average on offense probably hit me 20 to 25 home runs which if you think about like five years ago 20 to 25 home runs now is like the same as like 10 to 15 right not huge numbers but i want like handful of stolen bases five to ten some decent run i kind of want just guys that are across the board but i will go all in for one or two one or two anchors on the offensive side so i can feel confident like i'm gonna fill all the stats and i'm gonna do a bunch of guys around it where I'm not uh, any dissimilar than you, I always have one or two pitchers I stream. I, you know, yeah. like just throughout the throughout the year, like this guy's terrible. I'm gonna ride him while he's hot, and then he blows up and gives up 17 runs in two innings, and I dump him and get someone else. Yeah, and like two different strategies, and you know, not to toot our own horns, but you and I have had a lot of success in this league, right? So I, we should say it's a $200 buy-in, nothing insane, but enough to keep people honest and keep people paying attention, right? And we pay out top three regular season and then uh, uh, the winner of the playoffs. So I went on a stretch where I think I won three straight playoffs. You, you've won the playoffs. A I've, bunch been of the times I've been in the money. I've been in the money probably season. the last five or six years in some form or fashion. Yeah, I, I have not. My, my performance has really fallen off the last <laughs> couple of years. I'm hoping it turns around. But I guess the point is, it's like different strategies are going to work differently. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and can still, and can still be successful. So before we get into a little bit of uh, our, our keepers here. We wanted to we wanted to kind of go down memory lane for a second and just think about some of those players that a Perseverance Beavers or Acuna Matata, Donkey Lips, whatever you want to call me, always would go after. I'll start. There's two guys for me that I always would go for, and I look back at some of my lineups, and they were literally in it for like, five, like half the time we've been in this league. Early on, yeah. it was Will Myers... And Carlos Gonzalez from the Rockies. I swear, I had them both as keepers. I got them like the year when they came off my roster. I went after him and drafted him again. Cargo, I can understand. Will Myers, like, I don't know. He just, he's good. But He had a lot of, Will Myers had a lot of buzz when he first came up. Yeah. And uh, I think that's like a situation where like you keep kind of hoping, hoping that's the breakout year. And he's still, he's still good. He's still good. Um, Puig. Puig was yeah, my I other one. Yeah, you having Car. Yasiel Puig, man. Oh, yes, I had Puig yes, forever. Yes. <laughs> I held him till he, he went off the cliff. 
just could the only I think the only managers to have him were you and Cags because of the Dodgers connection. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was it. We had him for like six years combined, and then then he just I don't even know what happened to him. So those are the those are the few Rizzo, Anthony Rizzo of of late. I've had him as my first baseman. He's got dual eligibility, or he had it for a little while, like second base somehow. Um, so I had been picking up Rizzo last like three or four years in some form or fashion, which yeah, I hate to say it, being on the Yankees this year in a full season, I might have to go after him again. In that short porch. There you go. Got to do it. Got to do it. So I've got I've got a few similar. So back back in the earlier years of the league i think adam dunn was on my team for like six straight years 190 45 homers guaranteed Just, uh, i loved it i loved it and the thing is like what you said we're head to head right it's not rotisserie rotisserie is where you're not playing someone each week you're just compiling stats for the team for the whole year and whoever has the best cumulative stats wins ours is a little maybe a little bit more variance right because you're playing a different team each week um but I love the power and, yep. you know, if he gets hot one week, he's not going to kill me in batting average, but he, you know, there was a hit or miss type guy. And then, uh, Chris Davis, oh, another yeah. similar player until he A's. signed a $160 million contract and then decided to go take a snooze. Yeah. I think I had him two years ago and he was awful. Um, and then lately my guy, Max Muncy, get him every year. Just love him. Dude, he's uh, the guy so you can see the common thread. Yeah. He's the guy I look at every year at first base and I'm like, Ugh. No way he's going to put up like 30 home runs again. And he comes out and puts up like 35. Yeah. And then I'm like, ah, he's not going to do it again. Doing it. He's a, here's a weird I had one. A chance, I had a chance to keep him this year. decided not to. And honestly, it's because I think I'm going to be able to get him for a good price. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to bid on him. So now I know. Maybe I'll bid him up. There you go. That's our kind of strategy, or, or at least people kind of going down in the, in the history of how, how we used to draft people or, or still do. I can think of two other people in the league, and then we'll get into some of the keepers. Um, Tom, who's no longer in the league, he gave up his team. But from not necessarily a person, but a type of player, he would draft 10 closers and one starting pitcher. Yeah, and you could only and you can only and you can only have like four closers in your lineup at any one time. Yeah. So I never really understood it. Although he had success in the league, so I can't hate on it. But yes, he he would stockpile. It would it would be the most unbelievable. It would make you so mad as playing someone head to head, where you got like say I don't know what you make it eight to ten starts a week with starting pitchers, and you'd rack up sixty innings, and then you look over there and he's got the minimum per week you got to pitch a seven. He'd have like twelve innings and have like a zero ERA and a point one WHIP, and you're like. Well, you know, there goes those categories for the week because all he has is freaking closers. So can I can I tell a funny story about Tom? Yes, please do. So like you said, Tom was in the league. He's no longer in the league. Um, we don't talk as much as we used to, but I texted him like, I don't know, three years ago at his old college number. I forget what it was, birthday or something like that. And I get a response saying that it was Mr. Hopkins, Tom's dad at, at Tom's number. And, uh, you know, gave me Tom's new number. So I said, okay, like jotted that down. But then the next year, it must have been his birthday because same thing happened the next year. I was like, happy birthday, Tom. And it was Mr. Hopkins again. And like he responded in all caps, like not Tom's number. <laughs> and, and I just completely forgot. But since then, I text Tom at his, his now his dad's number because apparently they switched phones however many years ago, pretending it's Tom just to kind of, it's just, I get a kick out of it. So like every now and then I text Mr. Hopkins uh, and I really enjoy it. Like, 
immensely <laughs> to see what his response is going to be. The real question is, does he, does Mr. Hopkins ever tell Tom that like, I don't know who it is that's texting me, but they always tell me happy birthday and your birthday. <laughs> so he did. Cause Tom texted me saying his dad actually loves it. But by the all caps response, I thought he hated me for it, but I, I'm still going to continue to do it. <laughs> Probably because he doesn't know how I to might turn, do it after <laughs> do it after this. He doesn't know how to turn off. I might do lock. it after this podcast. <laughs> he doesn't know how to turn off. Cap yeah, lock, exactly. That's why. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, Tom, that was Tom's strategy. Everyone knew it going into it. I think you already mentioned it, but like Nick drafts primarily Red Sox. One of his most famous uh, drafts and keeps um, was a Red Sox that was near and dear to all of our hearts for probably three months. Rusny Castillo. I think that was his one name. of the Cuban sensations. Yep. Signed for like I don't even know, hundred million out of Cuba. Supposed to be the next. Whoever yeah, built like a awful built, built like an absolute shithouse, just jacked, so strong. He did have like two months where he was nasty. And then like, I don't think he ever, he was in Pawtucket the rest of the time. Yeah. So of course, Nick signed him to three years <laughs> and uh, never played again. <laughs> like, leave it to Nick. So if you need a Red Sox, so, so going into this year, you got Devers out there. You got Story. Uh, Bogarts, I think, is finally out there from a keeper standpoint. Uh, JD, like all these boppers now, like you know, if you're gonna go, if you're going to go for one, you're gonna be bidding against Nick to get it. So, well, that's part of the strategy too. It's like if I want one of those guys, I'm probably not not nominating nominating them early. Nope. I'm waiting. I'm gonna nominate someone else that Nick wants because I don't I don't want to go up against him with Devers. He's gonna pay exactly an obscene amount of money. Yep. He's a Red Sox. But hey, shout out to Nick perennial bottom dweller yeah. in the league like this kid was <laughs> 10 to 12 every year regular season never even in the mix last year i don't know what happened the stars aligned had a really solid regular season came in second or third and took down the playoffs so he's got it he's got a playoff title no one could ever take that away from you nick congratulations buddy yeah nice job john snow let's get into some of the some of the uh keeper selections what do you say yeah, sure. I'd start with Nick, but he still hasn't submitted his keepers yet, which is par for the course. Uh, so I want to start with swing for the. It, I want to start with swing, swing for the fences. I'm at the end of my list here, and uh, it's kind of a mixed bag for me. So this is Frank. Um, he's got a few retained contracts, uh, which I like. Oh, I like one of them, uh, and then he's got a bunch of new ones, which, quite honestly, I I, I hate. That's just me, though. Yeah, I mean it's it's 2022, not 2016. So Mark Melanson, I don't know. Uh, I think you could draft him for that amount of money. I don't know who Tyler O'Neill is. Maybe he's good. So so we should also say this, like right, Jake. Like again, casual league, we do take it seriously. But this year, especially, I'm looking at some of these names, and I got a lot of work to do before the draft next week, man, because I don't know some of these people, and maybe that's why I've fallen off the last couple. So of years. I know, but, him. Uh, I know him, and the only okay. so O'Neill, I like. He's he's solid. He could probably hit 40 bombs. All right, if he stays healthy, okay. which is obviously a, a big if. But I don't like a guy like that who has no track record of staying healthy over the last three years. Now, granted, it's been a weird last three years, but to sign him a three-year deal. To me, that's like I'll give him a chance. I want to. I'll take him for a year, and if he explodes and he's unbelievable, then I got a great value out of one year. That's a good call. I mean, that's the risk with signing guys to multi-year deals. If they do fall off or get injured or whatever, you're stuck with that money, right? But Frank, I hope it works out for you, buddy. Yeah, I, I don't like his John Gray. He's got John Gray on a one-year contract in Texas. That guy gives up bombs like it's no. Well, you know, 
you've kept you've had him for a couple of years in drafts, haven't he's you? Been, he's he's just a uh, consistent perennial streamer on the Beavers. Exactly. Let's put it that a way. Perennial he's always streamer. on my team yeah. for periods. But he's going from Coors Field to Texas, right? So I guess it's an upgrade. Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I was gonna say going from the AL or going from the NL to the AL now is is a bad thing because of the DH. But the DH is ever, or excuse me, the universal hitter is that what we're calling it now? Yeah, you got to be careful to be like you know gender neutral and uh, DH neutral and all that stuff. So yeah, I mean we did change it from the DL to the IL a few years ago, so we got to be very PC. We'll go to missing buttons next. So missing buttons has. Quite honestly, one of the most stacked keeper lists. So this is Will. Will. We were talking about Will. He's out. He's he's into it. He knows these guys. He spends the time. Although this is will will be his first year with a with a daughter. Shout out to Sydney, new dad. Will performance may easily fall off. It's gonna have to be a wait and see thing. He's got Vladdy Jr. He's got one more year with him. So he kept him early. He got him for that half year when he came up, and then obviously last year, he's got Tatis. Hopefully he stays healthy. I mean regardless of the fact that he's nasty, but he's going to be out for two weeks or two months. You want to see him play. Yep. He's got him for two more years at next to nothing. Austin Meadows. I mean, he just showed last year. He's nasty and Bieber, Shane Bieber, like pretty much Cy Young. Solid core. And he's adding Severino, Jazz Chisholm, Noah Syndergaard, which is a nice little sleeper. I was actually thinking about grabbing him in the draft until I saw him keep him. So we'll see. And then Louis, Louis Severino. So, I mean, Severino and the Syndergaard, eh, I'm not too high on as much as the others. Yeah, he's got a nice core. I, I'm going to have to put Will down for a second. So I'm the I'm the commissioner of the league. Jake, you do help out. Uh, it's commissioner's a thankless job. Um, it's trying to you know herd cats a lot of times, especially with figuring out when the draft's going to be, getting the keepers in. And there's always just asinine questions that get asked to me every single year. This is the 11th year of the league. How much are keepers? How long can I keep guys for? How many keepers can I have? How do I find out who was on my roster last year? Questions that I answer every year, but still get asked. And it's honestly humorous to me at this point. Will did try to keep Walker Bueller from the Dodgers. Um, I had to point out to Will that, sorry, man, he was on your team last year as a keeper. His contract expired. You got to let him go. And he had the audacity to question me. And he said, are you sure? And I really was upset at that comment, Jake, because I double check everything and I let him know. And I said, of course, I'm sure. How dare you? And of course, I was right. He's off the team. So that's why Syndergaard is on the team. Got it. Got it. I mean, at a, a scale one to 10, I didn't do it on, on swing for the pences, but scale one to 10 keeper list for Will. I'm going to give it a lot. I'm going to give it a solid eight just because of his old. Yeah, I'm giving it an eight, too. What about we'll, we'll go back. We'll go back for swing for the pences. I, I'm probably going I'm going four. Three, three and a half for me. Okay. Yeah, we're in the same boat there. All right, let's go over to Mr. Eric and Mean Machine. He's got a bunch of returnees uh, and then a couple new new additions. So he's got Yelich, Christian Yelly. Um, absolutely <laughs> terrible year last year. And he had back spasms like the whole year. Like he couldn't stop falling and getting back spasms. But, uh, you know, whatever. Gio Urshela, he's, I don't know. He's all right, I guess. He was just part of that trade, right, with the Yankees? Yeah, he's with the Twins now, so maybe he'll... Yeah. I don't know. I, he's definitely going to a shittier lineup, but... Brandon, I always forget, is this Lau or Low from Tampa Bay? I think it's Lau. You gotta ask your, bu- you gotta ask your brother. Yeah. He would know, but I think it's Lau. I think it's Lau. That's a good one, except for the postseason. Thankfully, like, these guys don't play in the postseason, like, in our fantasy. Because that guy's money during the year, and he gets a postseason, he goes over. Awful. Uh, he does have DeGrom. 
Uh, he's got one more year with DeGrom. And then he added two pitchers, Alec Manoa and Trevor Rogers. I know Manoa. I honestly can't think of who the hell Trevor Rogers is. He's a guy in the Giants. I looked up. I looked up both these guys today. They both looked like they did well last year. Never heard of them before today or whenever Eric submitted. So, I, I mean, I think they're good keepers. Good for you, Eric. Also, Jonathan India. Yeah. Ba- based on the core he's got, you know, th- these keepers seem like good young options. It's a solid six and a half for me. Yeah, I'm probably going more the middle of the road five only because he's got the most of his uh, – most of his retained are all coming off next year. And he's added with three that I don't think are great. You know what I mean? Like, if yeah, that makes sense. You're trying to like always keep the, keep the farm full there. Not much build in the background. So he's got to have a good draft or good, uh, you know, free agent pickups this year. Uh, you know what you said? The farm. I'm surprised Peter didn't talk about the farm system. <laughs> yeah, right? Like they're, they're, they're challenging the bullpen. We, but we call the minor leagues for each team the farm system. That seems a little bit derogatory to farmers and the animals on the farms. I'm thinking, uh, I don't even know, man, what, the uh, the up-and-comers, the the catalysts, something like that. We're going to have to think about that for the next podcast. I like that. I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's a total lapse on their on their end. If they're, you know, keep- Completely. Why not attack? attack all of it all man of it. if you're gonna if you're gonna have a suggestion for the bullpen like just come at it with everything that's wrong with baseball terminology yeah. maybe they'll just call it the tears like oh the tears t-i-e-r-s yes. not like i'm crying yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right let's go on to freaking reekin so so we both kind of agreed there you know middle of the road freaking reekins uh, they got Louis Castillo, pitcher for the Reds, who's obviously nasty, and Marcus Simeon as returnees, uh, retained. So I like both of those. Um, and then actually, I really like three of the four new contracts they're putting out there. Gossman with the Jays, Frankie Montas with the A's, Buxton, who was one of my guys for like five years straight, but uh, yep. he was terrible until last year. So good for them for getting them. Blake Trinan. He's nasty, but I think he's on the Dodgers, right? Or did he get traded or signed somewhere in the offseason? So I don't know if he's even going to close there, or is he? I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, you know, good thing we have Google. We're going to look oh, it up. You know what? Kenley got signed with Atlanta, so he probably is going to close out there. But I hate keeping closers, especially to more than one-year deal, and he's got them for two. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen with closers. I never keep a closer, basically. But so best best guy on that roster, keeper wise, I think the Semyon deal for the minimum is great. Uh, he's been he's been a guy that was on my team for a while, always like a waiver wire pickup. No one gave him a lot of credence. Like he was in Oakland, hitting some homers, low average, but he kind of emerged as like a, a legit shortstop in in the league. So to have him for that amount of money is a is a nice add. I, I like his keeper list. Um, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a solid seven. I'm I'm right there with you at seven. Um, it's a solid team. The question is how well they manage it because this is the co-managed team we talked about. Mo, you got to pay a little bit more attention, man. You got to collaborate with Kyle. You're lucky that Kyle's involved. Um, Kyle Kyle spends a lot of time and does his thing, but uh, they got to get their act together. Agreed. Uh, Joe Pa. So we don't actually know what his keepers are. Uh, we know what, what what's retained. Um, <laughs> so can I can I tell a story about that? I guess. I'm just looking at his first gotta, one is Kentai Maeda. 
So I got a I got a text from Matt today saying, "I'm looking at the keeper spreadsheet. My keepers are on there. What else do you expect me to do?" <laughs> and I had to say, I had to say, Matt, your keepers are on there for your current contracts, but you have the option to keep more people. If you would like to keep three more people, you have to look at your roster from last year. And then he asked the question, "How do I look at my roster from last year?" Which is one of the questions I get every, every single year. year. So. I don't know if he's actually going to go through that exercise to actually maybe add more guys, but my my heart or gut tells me that this is these are the keepers, Jake. I don't think he's gonna gonna look to add anybody else. So, so knowing that, Kente Maeda and Domingo Herman, I, I don't know is Herman is he pitching anymore? Is he hurt still? So I, I, the first two, I don't even know. I'm like they're garbage. Get out of my face. Yes, case. don't love it. Don't love but, it. But. Cattell Marte, Matt Chapman, and Fran Mel Reyes. I mean, I don't like Chapman's salary, but with the Blue Jays now, so he's a $26 keeper for one more year, but he's got Marte, Chapman, and Fran Mel. Those are three nice little cornerstone offense guys. So I don't hate it. I just don't, I, I just think the two pitchers are terrible and terrible keepers. It's it's like a four to a five for me. Mm-hmm. The the big key with with Matt, manager of Joe Pot, is how 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 much is this hard in it, right? How much is he going to pay attention? What Matt loves to do is, and the good thing about head to head is you're against someone new each week. He loves the text on yes. on Sunday before the week starts. Yep. Hey, hundred dollars on this week, right? And then you know if you accept that bet, he's actually going to pay attention. But he was a bottom dweller last year, sort of a perennial bottom dweller, even though he's had some. He's had some a few really flash in the pans. He, I'll give him credit too. He's a good trade partner. I've traded with him. I think almost every year. And I say he's a good trade partner because he, I will have someone that I want on his team. And he's like, I ain't doing it unless you're doing this or that. And then I like, uh, you know, I got to kind of hem and haw. And we've had like six player trades, you know, like three guys swapping because it makes sense. But he's like, F it, let's do it. You know, and he'll pull the trigger yeah. where a lot of people are hem and haw and, and just like, you know, like Will, who's like, oh, this guy's a prospect. It's going to be great in seven years. And you're like, dude, I just need a guy to steal like 10 bases. Just give him up for this great guy. He's like, no. Yeah, Will's tough to trade with. Honestly, I think you and Moberg had the only trade last year, which is sad. Uh, our league isn't the most active in terms of trade, and I like to see that change. I think – I don't know if it's the history of all of us together or like how we know each other, but everyone thinks someone's trying to take advantage <laughs> of them when you propose them with a trade deal. Like they never, they never think they're getting no, the better like, of the deal. I don't so trust like, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, middle of the road there with what he has. Um, Cagzilla. Now Cagzilla's probably got he's got Wander Franco, who he got early on, so he's got two more years with him. He signed Correa for three years. So Correa was hurt at the beginning of last year, so I think everyone forgot about him. So he got drafted at a decent price. He's got Bobby Witt Jr. for three years, and he's got Jesse Winker, who had a breakout last year for a few years. So. Right off the bat, I like his core. They're cheap. Um, he's got a lot of dollars to go with. I'm giving Cags a solid eight. Yeah, I'm at I'm at right around seven to eight. Wander Franco is one of the best contracts we got in the league uh, at the minimum for three years. And then Correa, I texted him when he sent me his keepers. I was like, how did you draft Correa for that low of money last year? And he just kind of laughed. Uh, and then the other two are solid. So only four keepers. Again, you could have eight, but he's got a really solid base to work with with a lot of money left for the draft. So he's in a good spot. Yep. John Snow, we're skipping right over because there's zero on the sheet right now. So we don't even know. Well, I will say in terms of Nick, I asked him for his keepers today. He texted me and said he was busy and he'll try to get them to me tonight or tomorrow. 
then he sent me a link to a Spotify uh, song, which was Elton John, Leave On. That song's been out for, I don't even know, minimum of 40 years. And he's like, have you heard this song? I heard it yesterday and it's great. And I said, yes, Nick, I've heard this song many times. It's older I'm than us, I'm glad that you like it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's, that's kind of Nick in a nutshell, It's Nick in right? a nutshell. Where, can we just tell a quick interlude? We're trying to get the draft schedule for next week. Everybody's aligned. Everyone's like, yep, we're going to go on the 31st, 8.30. Let's yeah. do it. And all of a sudden, in the 11th hour, you know, I think the next day, Nick responds, sorry, guys, I can't. <laughs> That's it. I'm going, I'm going to see Kid Rock. Yeah. Well, that was after. Said, that was after, though. Yeah, after. It was we're like, <laughs> you're right. We said, I think you replied. You're like, okay, Nick, first of all, could you provide a date that you are available? Versus just yeah. saying, I can't with nothing else. Sincerely, Nick. Like, it's not a freaking work email, for God's sakes. You're right. <laughs> and he said, my apologies. My agent usually handles those types of requests. But I'm going to see Kid Rock with my wife on that day. No, Chris, which Chris Rock. Was a joke Chris as Rock. Well, Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Kid Rock. <laughs> Chris Rock. That would have been even. Could have, could, could have been Kid Rock. Oh. Uh but yeah, so Nick, enjoy Kid Rock next week. But we're still sorry to say we're still drafting on that night because we had no other options. So Nick's going to be on auto draft, or he's going to have to get one of his uh, one of his buddies to draft for him. Uh, enormous tits, DJ Mayhew, Kyle <laughs> Hendricks, and Josh Hader. <laughs> this is the worst keeper list outside of Nick's who we haven't seen yet. Uh, I give this a two. This is almost a one. This is almost a one for me because twenty one dollars for Josh Hader as a closer for a year. It's like what? Why? I don't know. So the only thing about like Hader, like Chapman in his heyday, right, is those guys are going to get so much, so many more strikeouts and other closers, which will help you. But that is a stupid amount of money to keep someone at, especially a closer. Yeah. Yep. So. And Lemay, Lemay, he was good. Yeah, he hits like three he hits like ago. he hits like three hundred with like twelve home runs, and he's like six yeah. five, two like two thirty. He's like a big dude, and he can't hit home runs. I'm like, what are you doing? Get out of here! Yeah, I just don't respect him, so I wouldn't keep no. him. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So I'm going with a two. Am I feeling you got a one on him on that on that team? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, Turtle Power, Mister Rick, who's uh back new to this is his first year able to keep, so he inherited. He inherited the team last year. He's keeping Sally Perez, who had what fifty bombs last year, fifty two, on yep. and and you know at a decent price for. I like the catcher keep for a decent price because he DHs so much, so that's good. Kopech and Brian Reynolds. I don't love those, but I guess Brian Reynolds is kind of solidish. Yeah, Reynolds seems like he could be good, and I I really love the Salvador Perez uh, keeper. Just because catcher's so weak offensively, he's like the only guy yeah. I could really think of JT. That, that's that solid. JT could put up some good yeah, numbers. Yeah, he can, but he's hurt a yeah. lot. So he's by far and away the best catcher. So for eighteen bucks, for if, uh, assuming he even comes close to last year, it's a it's a good uh, selection by Rick. And he's got plenty of money for the draft. So I mean, I, I'm going to give him a six. I'm going higher. I'm going to go seven and a half for Rick, just because I really like that Perez keeper. As long as he allocates his draft dollars wisely. Oh. Which is a big it. We know. So if we know anything about Rick, who's a massive Philadelphia Phillies fan, and the Phillies just bolstered their lineup, he's probably going after Castellanos, if I have to guess. 
probably the whole roster, Jake, but uh, we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah, good point. All right, these nuts, Mr. Mr. Mike, uh, he's got Juan Soto for the league minimum last year retained. Uh, he's got Glaber Torres, one more year retained. He's a solid guy. He's got Jordan Alvarez, who's a freaking bopper down in Houston, two more years on the lowest contract. And he's got Giolito on the minimum. And then he's adding Teoscar Hernandez, Carlos Rodon, and Logan Webb. I like what he's doing with one-year deals on all those guys because he's like, I like them, but I don't love them. Right off the bat, I'm going eight. Yeah, I like it a lot. I would have signed Hernandez to, to additional years. Uh, minimum of two, potentially three. He's not super old. I think he's going to be capable of keeping up that production unless he gets hurt. Um, but I, I like everything about the keeper list i probably would have just added a year or two to hernandez so i'm I'm with you on an eight i like it all right now we're on to perseverance beavers go ahead and take us away so jake i'm gonna well i'll go through who i kept but i'd i'd i'd, I'd prefer i think you do like you you analyze the keepers and then i can maybe chime in with some uh some comments or maybe a defense to my decisions afterwards so eloy jimenez you got him on the minimum. This is his third year. Last year was a wasted year. You got Pete Alonzo, which pisses me off that you got him a few years ago because you got him for a dollar. And I, I was trying to bid him for two, and I only had a dollar left, and you got him at the very end. So good on you there. Bo Bichette, I traded you a few years ago, so he's obviously a guy that I liked. You got him on basically a minimum, two more years. Kyle Tucker which is the weirdest baseball player if you ask me because he's like weirdly lanky. He doesn't look athletic and he hits like 35 homers and steals 20 bags. Got two years left there. And then you added Hanniger, who is a guy I actually went after late last year in the draft. And I think you outbid me again. So I like it. I'm going eight. Solid eight. I like them all. I like I like the core, the first four guys you mentioned. I really had no great options as to new keepers. I debated over Max Muncy. Mitch Hanniger is probably like the least sexy pick you could make for a keeper. Um, but I felt like the price made sense. So I like the core. I've got some, I got some dollars to, to, to use in the draft. So I'm happy with it. Yeah, I like it. All right, you want me to go through mine or you want to go through them? I'll go through it. So you got Acuna. Acuna. For one more year, as long as he's healthy, I read reports though he's going to miss at minimum the first month. But I mean, you get back, you get him back for the, the majority of the year. Obviously, he's like you know top one or two player in the game. Lewis Robert, Bryce Harper, Brandon Woodruff. That's a solid core. Again, I'm against generally keeping pitchers, but you got Woodruff on the absolute minimum. Uh, I think it's a good a good contract. I always have questions. So like you kept Harper for a lot of money um, based on where you drafted him. And you sign him to the max contract, but I, you know, I, I could see how it makes sense. But what was your decision there, like getting him for fifty six? Did you think he was just going to go be going higher than that in subsequent drafts? Basically, no, I thought he'd be pretty much right around there. But I wanted to lock in three hundred average, which he might not be that anymore. He might be in the two, but he's going to hit thirty five bombs. He's going to score hundred runs, drive in one hundred twenty, maybe throw in a few bags. And they're finally, and I knew they were going to start building around him. I mean, they signed him with like a 13-year deal for like $330 million. And now they got Cassianos, they got Schwarber, they got this nice lineup. So I just was like, I was honestly between him or Lindor when they signed those big contracts. And I had both of them. And Harper, I just felt a little better about um, playing the outfield. And now they have the DH. 
honestly, it's like, it seems like a keeper where it's like, I don't even have to think about one guy in the draft that I have to spend a lot of money on. I have Harper. Yeah. Because I mean, Harper was yeah. going Harper and trout for a lot of the time. Harper and trout were going for like 60 to 75 bucks. I don't think Harper would go for, he might go for 50 now, but yeah, maybe. So I might be paying a few dollars extra, but I have it locked in. I have those stats and I don't have to worry about it. Makes sense. And then you added Tim Anderson, Robbie Ray, Shane McClanahan, and Sal- Sandy Alcantara. Robbie Ray is one of the best values in the league, assuming he replicates what he did last year, because you have him for the absolute minimum. Uh, and talk to me about the last two, McClanahan, McClanahan and Alcantara. Alcantara. So McClanahan, who's one of my one of my uh, rookie guys I had my eye on for a while, he finally came up. The guy throws 100 from the left side, and he strikes out everybody. He was terrible in the playoffs against the Red Sox last year, but you know, you kind of go with first time throwing 150 innings. He got tired, uh, but he's basically an ace um, and he's with the Rays and everyone that the Rays throws out there is nasty. So highly regarded prospect. We're going to roll the dice and keep it going for a couple years. Alcantara had his coming out party last year. He had 200 innings, like 210 strikeouts. He throws hundred miles an hour and nobody even realizes it in like sinkers. So he's just going to, he strikes a lot of guys out and he gets a lot of ground balls. So you see the bunch of pitchers I have. I really don't have to go for starting pitchers in my draft. I'll just pick up guys at the end for a buck. I got my core. I got a lot of strikeouts, a lot of volume, hopefully a lot of wins. So that, that was my thought on those guys. Tim Anderson, I'm keeping him for a few bucks. He's $36 for me for a year. But he's another guy like Harper. He's like can hit over 300, and he fills the stats. I like it. Uh, a lot depends on if Acuna can come back healthy, but it's like it's a 7.58 for eight for me. Yeah, I'm going. I'll give myself a seven. The thing that scares me, which we didn't talk about, is I have 18 dollars basically burnt in the thin air. Uh, so I only have a hundred dollars yeah. going into this draft because I had two terrible contracts from last year that I have to pay for two more. Um. Keston, he- That's true. Keston Hira and Chris Paddock. I'll let him go. We'll see what happens on Thursday, man. You're going to have to make some smart decisions. Yeah. I might go after one guy. We'll see. All right. That's the breakdown. That's the breakdown. All right, man. So I'm shocked. We talked for 50 minutes, which I wasn't anticipating. I thought it was going to be like 30 to 40 minutes. I loved it, though. <laughs> um, you know, we'll see who listens. Hopefully the guys in the league listen. Hopefully some other people start to listen. We'll see. Uh, but it was fun. It was fun. What do you think? And I, I was thinking like maybe every every few weeks, like we kind of recap who's doing what, how how people are picking up, what are you doing, you know, uh, every couple of weeks, maybe we can put one of these out here. Perfect, man. We'll keep it going. Talk about fantasy baseball, maybe mixing some other stuff. Yeah. You want to close with anything? What are you thinking? Yeah, I figured we could close. So like we we alluded earlier in the in the pod, we we went to Siena College together, played baseball, and everyone in the league went to Siena except for Kyle Amberry who's who's co-hosting with uh or co-managing with with Mo but Kyle's brother's in the league so we all got that Siena connection so you and I were were roommates our freshman year uh which was just put we were put together by by our coach right because we were the two Connecticut guys yep. like going down the list seems like that's what they did like put the New York kids together put the Connecticut kids so like we met first time I think right before college but then we basically showed up to move in day yeah. right and we just start living together We've got a lot of stories I think we could tell. I figured we could like tell one per pod. I like it. I like the, it. The, the one that I came up with, I have no idea if you remember this, Jake, and it's like such a minor thing, and I don't even know why I thought about it today. But I like I think we really enjoyed living with each other, but we were very different, right? We're very different people in terms of like a lot of different things. 
there was one time freshman year, neither one of us had a car. You couldn't have a car on campus. Like it was very hard to get anywhere. Anytime you had got like provisions or like supplies, it was like when you went home for like Christmas break or Thanksgiving or whatever, like we couldn't get stuff. I, I ran out of um, deodorant at one point and, and I remember like I used your deodorant cause I was just freaking out and you, you knew I used it somehow, either use it in front of you or like you just knew and you were just like, dude, if you ever do that again, I'm going to fucking kill you. And I was just like, okay, I do. I get it. Jake's, Jake's got that barrier. Like armpits are off limits and uh, we, we, we moved past it. And we were good, but it, I don't know why I thought of that today. I'm like, I want to talk about it. What did you think when that happened? Oh, my God. I don't know. I must have been having a bad week, but I remember you doing it and thinking to myself, if you just use my, use my freaking deodorant. Like, Old Spice. Like, not that I rub it on my you know, junk or anything, but like, I don't know. I, I, don't, know why, yeah. I don't know why it got to me, but it did. That, no, it makes sense now that like where I'm sitting today, like, you know, who knows what's going on in there or whatever. Like, you don't want to be sharing that. But like at the time, I was like, what's the big deal? Like, it's an armpit. Um, but I respected it. And we, you know, we're, we were good. But I just I thought about that. I started laughing today. I was going to pick up my son. And I don't know why that story popped into my head. That's amazing. That is that I do remember that. That's hilarious. As you're as you started teeing it up, I was dying over here, as you could tell. I do. It reminds me of I have another good story. We'll save it for the next time. Uh, it in, I'll give a little tease. It involved us driving. In fact, you were driving, and me and Rick were in the car. Uh, and we didn't get. We started going the wrong way. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> I think I know where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, this was this was success overall. Uh, I hope everyone likes it. We will be back in a couple weeks. Talk about the draft itself, and then honestly, the season's going to be right behind it. So. Man Pepper, episode one, the inaugural podcast is in the books. Chris, it was a pleasure, and we'll talk soon.